welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast. My name is Eliza Gelman, and in this podcast, I will be bringing resources and stories for those looking to expand and elevate their lives, bringing you provocative interviews and conversations with leaders and innovators within the wellness, health, business, and self-improvement space every week. You will leave every single episode with tools, resources, and tips that you can implement directly into your life. Who doesn't love a good takeaway? Once you start this addition and multiplication of like, this sucks, or you have this narrative that you're telling yourself, you'll notice that your performance starts to go down and down and down and down and down. Because the narrative that you're communicating to yourself is inconsistent with a top performer. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. As you know, this is part two. Last week we had on Tariq Trotter. He is a self-development junkie. He is a personal development junkie. He's a guru in all things meditation, life, um, basically just cultivating so many different experiences throughout his life to write a book and create different ways for everyone to reach their personal personal nirvana in a way. And I think that today's episode is really exciting because we give so many tangible tips on how to actually change your mindset. We hear so often that we want to, you know, it's all about the way you speak to yourself and it's all about the way you carry yourself and the thoughts that go on in your head. But we don't really know how to change that. What are the action items that we need in order to shift our mindset on a daily basis, what are the things that we can be practicing? What are the habits that we can be putting into place? So I think you guys will all absolutely love this episode. Last week, we ended our episode by talking a lot about uh, the sexual trauma and the sexual abuse that Tariq did experience as a child and how that did end up creeping into generational abuse and it affecting his sister's from a personal basis. And so we we pick right back up where we left off from the end of the conversation. If you didn't get to last week's episode, you can still listen to this one first, but highly recommend getting to know Tariq on a deeper level from his childhood experiences. I think that that's something that really could touch a lot of people. And that episode is pretty brief. So we have a lot to get into on today's episode. As you all know, if these episodes have impacted you in any way, make sure you share them. Share them with your friends, your family, anyone who has seen a hard time or is trying to up-level and to uh, really improve with their self-development, personal development. Maybe they're in a bit of a rut. So this is an episode that you do not want to miss make sure you go onto iTunes, leave us five stars, write a review. It means the world. If you want more people to be able to see the podcast and have it show up a little higher on iTunes for our natural SEO, that is the best way to do it. So I appreciate that in advance. And without further ado, let's get into part two with Tariq Trotter. You then, this is how many years ago? This was... That was in college. That that was in college. Mm -hmm. So... You were in college when this happened, and how did that change the trajectory of your life? What what huh. happens there? <laughs> well, man, thankfully, thankfully, uh, it didn't. Um, not in the ways that you would think, at least. So, I remember going down to New York, uh, turning myself in, going through the whole process, and um, I was at this place called Central Bookings, which is like a famous jail cell in New York and celebrity (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had to i was there for a few hours basically waiting to see a judge and 
I remember this police officer coming to the cell that I was in. And this was like crazy to me. This was like, I was like, man, I thought my life was really about, I thought like the trajectory of my life, whatever I thought it was going to be, I thought it was really about to change. But I remember sitting in a cell and um, I'm next to guys that are, the thing about central booking, the reason why it's central is because this is where you go before you go to prison, right? So Before they delegate where you're going to. Yeah. So you're in a cell with people who literally have just killed someone, like people that have, you know, committed just like horrendous crimes. And I'm in the same cell as these guys. It's like one and guy stole a pack of gum. One guy killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm like, damn, like, what did I do? What's about to happen to me? And this, um, this female police officer, she walks over to the cell. And um, I don't know if there's any significance to me pointing out that she's female besides the fact that there was something like mother-esque to her presence and the way that she delivered these words to me. But she came over to me and she called my name. And so I go up to, you know, basically the bars <laughs> and this is the first time I'm like sharing this on a podcast. It's cool. Um, Thank you. She says to me, she said, the judge wanted you to know that um, she sees that you're in school. You don't have any priors. There's no record. Like clearly you're trying to do something with your life. And she wants you to know that this whole situation is like super common in families. So don't like kill yourself over it. And so she's deciding to drop all the charges. She She like looked at the paperwork in the situation and she was just like, this isn't like, yeah. I remember just going outside after that and um, my mom was there with my stepdad and I just like melted in my mom's arms and started bawling, crying because it was the first time I saw up close like where my life could have gone. Again, central booking, there's one of two ways that you're going. Um, and I saw, you know, I'm in the cell with people with bloody shirts and a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, man. And you were 19, easily, you said? Yeah, I was about 19 years old. I was like, this could have easily went a whole other direction. And some guys who are getting called up next to the bars Mm -hmm. are probably thinking like maybe maybe that'll happen to me and maybe it won't you know that's Mm -hmm. I want to pivot a little but I want to talk about your book you wrote a book Mm self-published and let's not glaze over the fact that that's fucking hard to do like not challenging to do but it's called you name it how to experience fulfillment in every area of your life while being contagiously gold and, but uh, it's very Tony Robbins mm-hmm. without screaming at you mm. in the self-help category, but it's more of a self-propel, self-progress, self-elevate, you know, yes, yeah. assist aid, but the help comes in so many different forms in the book. I love it so much. And it's aesthetically pleasing. Like you did a great job with the branding in the book. So, and you talk a lot about the top five, not only the top five people you spend time with, mm-hmm. I like the way you change that because we're like, well, shit, do I, like, how am I going to sp- find time to hang out with five people? Or how am I going to find, like, how am I going to not hang out with the people? That, we don't want to become resentful of mm-hmm. the people that we love and that we care about just because they're not on the same path. Can we talk about your concept of the five 
quote unquote, the five people you spend the most time with Mm -hmm. into the concept of like the top five things are top people that you consume. Let's talk about that and how, how you cultivated your people and your resources and your expanders and, and how you implement that. Yeah. So my perspective and translation of the whole, you know, five people you spend uh, the most time with, it stemmed from just me being real about um, relativity and how one person's situation might be more conducive to um, being around a a certain quality of people while another's might not. Um, And so, you know, I thought of myself, like, you know, Tariq back in Brooklyn. And my gosh, if I introduce you to 10 people that are from where I'm from, they are not like me um, in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, it's like if you're a kid in Syria where your country's like literally gone through war all the time, what five people are you going to go just suddenly start hanging out with, you know, while your family's trying to duck bombs and stuff, right? Like the quote itself, it isn't, um, if you take it as is, it's not applicable across all situations. So what I realized, though, is like I extracted the principle out of the quote. Okay, I get it. Okay, the five people that you you know spend the most time with are the people like you, you become like the most. And I'm like, like well, John Legend is super busy and he doesn't have time to hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I want to make this true for me, if I'm extracting the principle, what there, what's really being said here is whatever I'm around the most um, – it's eventually going to become part of me, right? If I am in a school where there's fights every single day, my the likelihood of me getting into a fight, it increases that rather than someone who's at like a school where there's never fights. It becomes the norm. Yeah. Proximity is going to have an effect on you in some way, shape, or form. So I was like, okay, well, how do I make this true for me? And I realized, well man, we're in the age of the internet, right? And so, like, if my favorite people are Kobe Bryant, Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, Oprah Winfrey, Will Smith, Tony Robbins, Sad Guru, Gary V, uh, Serena Williams, um, I mean, the list you have like literally four, go on. And I, I want to say, yeah. by the way, your detail in this book, thank you. I need examples. I need <laughs> quotes. I need people. I need things. You are giving it all. So you. you have a list of 500 people that you're like, these are my best friends. Yep. And and you call them your friends. Mm-hmm. And some people would be like, oh, they're crazy people. But you're, you're a crazy person. These mm-hmm. You don't know these people, but you do. You yeah. do. They're letting you into their lives in some respect. So just keep going. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no. I mean, like if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're basically sitting in the room with us, aren't you? And so... I realized that after a while, I'm like, man, the more I listen to Gary Vee or the more I watch these Kobe Bryant interviews or the more I watch these Elon Musk interviews, I like know these people because I've watched hours and hours of their content. Mm -hmm. And they're delivering like top content when they're putting it out there. So that's how we know them. We We don't see the, we don't see them on their days where they're struggling. So it's, you know, but also 
I want to touch on that. So we're talking about people like Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and Kobe Bryant and all these incredible performers in all of their crafts. But I, I think it's so important to address that it's about the consistency of it because if you're just spending a minute a day or two minutes a day, obviously you can start wherever you are at. But if you're just like randomly doing it once in a while, just when you need that adrenaline pump, that's like taking a shot of espresso, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, is it, is it teaching you? Is it creating those neural pathways that are going to become your new norm that you're going to have that positive self-talk all the time and that you're going to go into the day, wake up at 6am, go do your workout movement, all this stuff. You might do that for a day, but it's like a diet. So how do we make this sustainable? How do we, mm. like, how do you make this an everyday, not just consumption, but, ref- you know, implementation of what you're consuming? Yeah. Great question. Um, savory question. <laughs> mm. If we are doing things um, or chasing things externally, in order to fill our internal cups, ultimately what we're doing is we are, it's like, let's say we're, you know, at a house on the hills and we build the trampoline in order to see, you know, the next person's yard and how nice it is. We are on a trampoline where it's like, you're right, you get this high, right? You go listen to a podcast, you bounce up. Now you can see everything's cool. But it's not helping your garden grow. You're going to come back down, Right. And what are you going to do? What's going to happen is you're going to grow addicted to this like going up and down thing. Quick and fix. it's not even uh, you're not even being like intentionally trying to do that to yourself. You're just trying to see the other side of the yard metaphorically. So the how is instead of building a trampoline, we build a ladder and there's nothing like super uh, amazing about building a ladder. Right. It's just a bunch of sticks and like little cylinders it's very boring. And what I'm referring to when I say this ladder, I'm speaking metaphorically here, but I'm referring to um, a certain amount of inner work and a process of beginning to see life exactly as it is without us projecting onto it. Okay, so going back to the whole grass ha- grasshopper ant thing this is what i mean if you can see life as like grasshoppers and ants rather than bad guy good guy you'll more effortlessly go through life because you're not telling yourself a story about this bad guy who's trying to do all these bad things right so it's like literally you can work at a job that's not so fun but be having the most amazing time rather than saying oh my job sucks the second that you create a narrative you're projecting rather than just seeing it as it is there's this like a uh, parable where there's these three construction workers um and this guy he's walking down the street and he asked the first guy hey what are you guys doing and the first construction worker goes can't you see we're building a fucking house man and then he goes to the next guy and he says hey what are you guys doing what are you guys working on And he says, we're doing construction work. What does it look like? And then he goes to the third guy and he says, hey, what are you doing? And this guy says, man, I'm just enjoying the day. It's 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 beautiful out here. I'm you know, I'm I'm doing my work, but I'm just I'm enjoying myself. And so, you know, moral of the story is all these people are doing the same thing, but it's the perspective and the experience 
internally that's determining what we're feeling, right? So if you want to know how to stop the ups and downs, it's like, uh, I'm not going to just say see the bright side because now again, we're, we're creating a bias where we want to see positive and negative. Only humans work this way where we try to like separate positive and negative night and day. We think there's actually a sunrise and sunset. The sun stays in the same place. It never moves. It's the earth that's spinning that makes it seem like there's a rise and a set. So our perception is what's determining our experience of life. So if we can, rather than perceive with a bias, but perceive as is. Like a neutral. Just, yeah, like just look, right? Don't look for anything, but literally just see as it is. You see, oh, the sun isn't moving. There isn't really a rise or a set. There isn't, the sky isn't actually blue. Because if you take a spaceship or if you go into a plane, right, and you go up, you're in the sky, is it blue around you? No, it's just, it's, it's, it's perception. So we just have to, Good point. we have to see life as it is. And if the second that we do that, you begin to reach this place of equanimity rather than um, bias, which is going to lead to the ups and downs, the ebb and flow. And think about it the way, and I wish that we had been recording this, but your girl's not fancy. I don't have a camera, but, um, (laughs) you're doing your hands, like the balance, like the scales. Mm -hmm. And it really is like, once you start to put things in a category of good or bad, then you try and find a balance. And if there's more bad than good, then see, she's brilliant. You're doing it. You're (laughs) doing it. You're preach girl. That's it. (laughs) I really need positive affirmation. Um, and so I'm trying to give the shortcut to, the destination if you will that you're talking about where Mm -hmm. you know rather than like the whole up and downs we have consistency what i did right in my life was i actually did the whole positive thing first see the bright side look at the positive depending on how deep in your own shit you are you might have to do that first where it's like okay let me just start to find all the positives in life so you can finally pull yourself out of like a place of negativity and I think that's when you see people who are and this is fine if some mm -hmm. people are doing it but like they meditate every single day they're Mm -hmm. overworking out they're exercising they're losing weight they're if if weight's an issue I don't know Mm -hmm. Um, but they're doing everything right like super clean only good self-talk like saging smudging every hour and Mm -hmm. all these things and almost but then you're like this doesn't seem authentic it seems like you're forcing this positivity almost. It's also but, not but sustainable. But it helps you feel. Yeah, it, it's not. It's a diet. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual diet. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna write a book. But the <laughs> it's like you truly are just trying so hard to ignore the shit that yeah. you just are crowding it out. Exactly. You're just crowding it out, and I think that you're doing a really. You have done a really smart thing by distancing your trauma yes. and your your stories because they're very real but they're there's okay it's okay to have dip boundaries and space and distance so i interrupted you no 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 that I definitely you did. are literally you know you're, you're speaking gold that that is it rather than um separating things into negative and positive and then saying okay i'm going to ignore the negative if you just don't label anything and just see it as grasshoppers and ants which is just life happening. Suddenly, everything becomes less burdensome. And now you can just prepare accordingly for the grasshoppers in your life. You got to build a freaking fort, whatever it takes. You know, protect yourself, of course, but don't 
start labeling something bad because once you give um, life to an inanimate object, right, like uh, a job, once you turn it into a character, now you're living inside of a Disney movie and those typically feel really real. And so now you'll find yourself suffering everything that you're going through. We can we do this in our relationships. We do this in um, our jobs, our careers, right? Every, suddenly everything's happening to us and everything it, – it's now things suck because you've given it a character. It's, it's like a an living thing now. Yeah. What's an example for something happening in someone's career where they put together a narrative? Oh, Okay, so I mean, um, it's all the time, but yeah, I'll use my own, right? Um, let's say you're at a sales job. You, you work at Yelp, so you you kind of get this, right? Um, you have like a book of business or a certain amount of leads that you, um, you know, are are trying to close. Yeah. And let's say you have a thousand leads. Um, and so. Monday comes and you make 40 to 50 dials, right? Different businesses. And so you've got 50 dials in. All your conversations have been terrible. You spoke to 10 people out of those 50 dials. You left 40 voicemails. No, 40 yeah. voicemails. And so now you say, um, man, this job sucks. Um, I'm not doing good. My territory is bad. Blaming. I need to change like what's going on here. Um, you start, you know, you, you, the list goes on with what we can say, right? And you experience this, let's say you experience this for two weeks. Now you call it a slump, right? Um, now you're on a performance plan and like all this <laughs> other stuff, right? <laughs> so what I mean there is you made 50 dials when you had 100 leads. You only spoke to 10 people which is less than one percent of your whole book of business and now you are concluding that you suck your territory sucks things are not going well and now it's the day is also bad because you didn't close any deals and all of this is based on you like it has nothing to do existentially it is nothing (laughs) i mean it sucks if you lose your job because that sucks. But yeah, let's let's but let's play devil's advocate because mm-hmm. I'm we have these conversations with people all the time. We see these people who are in these quote unquote ruts, you know, these slumps. And before you play devil's advocate, because yeah. I know where you're going. Right. Let's say you do lose the lose the job. Is that where you're going to go with it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> OK. So the reason why you lost the job is because you got caught up in your own mental chatter. The more the one thing to understand about the human mind is that there is no subtraction and division. There's only addition and multiplication. So the second that you start to think something, the more and more true it begins to become for you. The more evidence you'll start to find for it. You suspect something, now you start to see clues and, right, there's a car that you're looking at, now you see the car everywhere. There's only addition and multiplication in this mind. So, that's true. If you think I'm a piece of shit, you're not going to see things that are like reminding you of how amazing you are. Exactly. If you hate someone, right, or you dislike a person, are you going to find qualities in them that you really adore and admire? No, you only begin to see more and more of the things that you dislike. Once you start this addition and multiplication of like this sucks or you have this narrative that you're telling yourself, you'll notice that your performance starts to go down and down and down and down and down. 
because the narrative that you're communicating to yourself is inconsistent with a top performer um, or what it takes to be a top performer. So of course you're going to end up losing your job because your motivation is now left. You only talked to 100 people out of the 1,000 leads that you had, but all of those conversations were bad, so you concluded that the book that you had wasn't working out. You concluded that you just weren't good at this job. Maybe even your company that you're working for, they concluded that you aren't good at it. Whatever you want to say, right? Like this, at once you lose the job or you lose the relationship or you burn the bridge, it was actually your doing the entire time. You and it's so easy to say, oh, well, of course they have a positive mindset. They're closing deal after deal after deal. Yep. You know, it's, it, you hear it on both ends. Yep. And that's, again, this is, this is digging more of a hole because now you're comparing. If you're comparing, you're not in creation mode. You're in comparing mode. So how can you create a better life for yourself if you're looking at what somebody else is doing? practical level, right? How are you going to perform well in your job if you're just looking at what someone else is doing? It's not a matter of are you doing as good as the next person? Is it am I doing my best? And if you're looking at another person saying, well, of course they're doing that, then you're not doing your best. You're busy looking at what they're doing and labeling it. And then builds resentment and then builds, um, you know, yes. it builds all of these other emotions that are heavy and bring you down. And it's, Damn. A, it's a slow spiral. So this leads me into the question that I, I worked really hard on writing. How did you recognize your limiting beliefs? And then how did you understand and how did you find how to apply change? Like, how did you cultivate this information? How did you just know to consume XYZ and oh, find your gurus. Oh my and goodness. This is so, I love this question because it's such an easy answer. Oh, great. I came to all of this because there was, for most of my life, I was piling up bricks. Let's call them bricks of shit, right? Just not... Not the good kind. Shit blocks. Shit blocks, yeah. Right? And piled, 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 just kept going, kept going, kept going. Now I'm 26 and I live in a castle of the shit bricks that I've been building for a really long time. And I know the castle so well, I keep going in circles. And I think I'm going somewhere. I'm moving, I'm, I'm jogging. I built a, you know, a what do you call it? The machines that you run on a um, treadmill treadmill. I don't know why I just blanked <laughs> on that. Got a treadmill in there and it's a shit treadmill. So I'm just running in, in my own shit. And the, who I actually am, which is a piece of life, right? In life, if you notice nature, it's always trying to progress and grow. That's why we have this innate desire to like be more than what we currently are. Um, that version of me began to scream like why is my life so stagnant i've been making music for five years like why haven't i gotten any opportunities why did i meet with seven labels and all of them turned me down that's a bad percentage why am i having like unsuccessful relationships why do i keep 
sleeping around? Why am I not making more money? Why am I going from job to job? And I'm like... So you were just getting blocked in every way. You every felt blocked. Every single yeah. way. There was no... There was a lot of movement, but no progress. No flow. 26 years old. I'm living at home with my mom and my stepdad working three jobs to try and help them pay rent. None of us are moving. Like it, I'm like, at what point does any of this stop? And thankfully, I had a friend, uh, this music friend of mine. Her name was Leah. She said to me, because this is like five years now that I'd been working three, sometimes four jobs at a time to you know, try and help my parents you know, pay for rent all the while while trying to manage a, an, an upcoming music career. She says to me, at what point does any of this change if you keep doing what you're doing? And this was in 2016. And I'm sure at some point in my life I had heard that question, maybe in a different way, but for some reason on that day, those words, they struck. That's why consistency is key. It's like if you keep hitting the same thing, sometimes you're going to hit the nail on the head. Oh, my goodness. And so... To answer your question, how I came to all of this, it was like my life became so stagnant that I finally looked around and I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, why is nothing working out? Why can't I get, why am I like this? (laughs) Why, you know, like what is, what's really good? And so I got so frustrated with who I was and what I was doing, my habits, everything, that I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm willing to try anything that is the opposite direction of who I currently am. Anything. I have a friend, Sean, one of my closest friends and uh, a mentor of mine in my life. He gives me this book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I haven't read a book. This is 2016 that we're still talking. This is like my transformation year. Um, I haven't read a book since Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss, which I think I might have said that in the book too. I mean, I, I haven't gotten there I yet. mean, literally, I have not read a book. Like through high school and the little bit of college that I did, I used Spark Notes to like kind of get through anything that required reading. No Life of Pi for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he gives me this book and then – the power of habit, of course, this author is talking talking about habits. And I start to realize, like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> my entire life is simply a byproduct of the things that I'm doing consistently. So if I'm building shit blocks consistently, doesn't it make sense that I would have a shit block life? Well, tell me some of your habits. What, what At habits the time? You had? Oh, sleeping around. Um, I had, like, a a terrible relationship with sex and with women because – Probably because of my childhood, honestly, it was these, these were things that were um, my realization of them hadn't manifested yet. But anytime that I was like um, struggling or in an area of emotional pain, I would like immediately hop on Tinder or something and just try and find like an escape, essentially. Um, uh, I had a habit of working hard right working three four jobs thinking like that was getting me somewhere but then i would take the money that i was making give half of it to my parents spend the other half basically going out on the weekends because you were like well i've worked so hard for this money like i've worked yeah so okay yeah so these are these are my habits right and i'm like man this is why if oh or like um there'll be 
uh, a couple of weeks where I'm I'm writing a lot of music and then I don't because I get distracted by like friends and partying and whatnot and so then I'm not creating and so I go into a label now right and they're like trying to figure out my career trying to figure me out why there's so many inconsistencies how come one song has a million views but this other one only has a hundred views and I'm not cheating the system I'm not paying for promotions or anything it's just like my life is literally a reflection of the effort that I'm putting in on a day-to-day basis. So in reading the, I'm getting to the end of this answer, this long-winded answer. In reading The Power of Habit, uh, it sparked something within me where I decided to do this thing called My 100 Days. Um, I hadn't heard of this before. I just kind of made it up for myself. And I said to myself, for 100 days straight, I'm going to do one new thing every single day because I want to break my habits. And so it could be anything. It could be read a page of a book, listen to a country album, go on uh, a walk, take a different route than I usually take to work, Um, listen to a podcast, literally anything for 100 days straight. And I said to myself at the end of each day, I had like a a 100-day countdown that I would keep on my board at home. And at the end of the day, if I did one new thing, it would be a green check mark. If I didn't do one new thing, it'd be a red X mark. And so were you still doing your other things? Were you still like going out, partying, sleeping around while you were oh, doing yeah, yeah. Challenge? Oh, okay. yeah. This it, this is the revealing part. So after 100 days, I look at my board and I notice the tendency. Anytime there was a productive day, meaning I did something, you know, new, one new thing. At the end of the day, it was a green check mark. And most likely the next day was also a green check mark. And it would keep going like eight, nine days. I'm like, whoa, these are really good days. And then, yeah, yeah, and then the weekend would roll around or maybe your friend's in town or something. And then I go out and I party. And so that day, for whatever reason, I didn't do my one new thing. And so it's a red X mark. And most likely the next day was also a red, red X mark. It was, you know, an unproductive day. And then that would happen for eight to nine days. And then I realized, like, this is why my life is stagnant. I'll have eight or nine days of productivity and then eight or nine days of unproductivity and I'd keep doing the same thing so as soon as I take three steps forward I take three steps back you literally just need that one ex- that one day like <laughs> maybe that one day not- would change everything you yeah. know um but I'm like man if I keep taking three steps forward and three steps back I'm literally going <laughs> I'm in the same spot and I'm like this is why my life is the way it is this is why I am the way I am thank god you did that it thank wasn't to god. fix you it was to show you it was to show me yes And so now I realized, okay, one, my life is a byproduct of my habits. Two, the life that I create is essentially a byproduct of my days and what I'm doing with them. So if I want a better life, form better habits and be better and more intentional about my days. If Mm -hmm. I do those two things... And it's important to note that by the end of those 100 days, even if you had had every single day was green, you know, it doesn't mean you're fixed. It doesn't mean that things are working. It means, okay, you're capable of creating new habits. You're Mm -hmm. fully capable. Even if you have half of them red, even if you have three green ones, like once a week you do something, then it's a mirror. It's a full on mirror. So once you noticed the inconsistencies, what were like, as someone who's basically hacking the mind, what, what were some of your habits that you um, implemented that you added in? 
Um, Cause I definitely believe in crowding out. It's like, it's tough to just be like, I'm not going to sleep with another woman. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna, yeah. Like, it's again, it's a diet. Like we don't want to just crash. Yeah. Well, the, the new habit was awareness of my habits. There you go. It's right. Me. Start there. Yeah. Cause I wasn't aware before I was just doing them, but now I'm aware. I'm like, Oh man, if I right now, I could literally be at a girl's house and like recognize what I'm doing. I'm like, I should be home writing a song right now. I should not be here. <laughs> um, but the things that I replaced it with after that are now, again, I was so frustrated with what I was currently doing that I was finally willing to do the opposite. So I started reading. <laughs> like, I was not a reader. And I'm like, okay, let me just start reading. Let me start listening to podcasts. This is how I found Gary Vee. This is how I found Tony Robbins. Right? I start finding these people and I start consuming my time with these types of things, right? Taking different routes home. All these things became my new habit. So you were literally driving a different way home. Yeah. Or taking, uh, I wasn't driving in New York City, you know, fair, you don't typically fair. have a car, you kind of take yeah. the bus and trains. But yeah, I was taking different routes home. I would go to these spots in Manhattan um, um, or, or in Queens and basically sit by the water. And then and the next day, instead of just sitting on the grass, I would like literally climb over the fence and then jump onto one of the like wooden docks that are in the middle of the water. <laughs> Things that are like dangerous and you shouldn't do. I was like, I just want to try something new and different that I haven't experienced before. What are your day-to-days now? Tell me about what your morning looks like. Tell us about what your evening looks like throughout the day. Like, I want to know if you're listening. Like, what podcasts, what books, what tea, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, how often are you meditating? I don't know. Yeah. So. How much sea moss? (laughs) Lots of sea moss. I try to have a, uh, put like a couple of scoops of my oatmeal every day. Right now, uh, when I wake up, um typically the first thing that i do is i go brush my teeth what time are you waking up um let's get specific it can vary right for a while like while i was writing this book at a certain like last year the last two years i was waking up at three thirty in the morning every day because i was in a certain place in life where that was important enough for me to do um like having a day job i realized i need to create time for myself before i just give myself to some corporation um, now I'm waking up around 6:37, and my workday starts at seven, but I'm a completely different beast now. It's true. Um, so typically I'll wake up and I'll brush my teeth and then I go into what's called an Isha Kriya meditation. Um, Kriya means divine. And this meditation that I'm doing, it's called a Kriya yoga meditation. Yoga means union. Kriya means divine, so divine union. Essentially, we can. Should I just go into it now while we're on it? We're uh, here. Okay, yeah, we're here. <laughs> well, I'm not okay. going anywhere. So basically, um, this isn't like a a religious thing. This is like just an existentially truth thing. Okay, so imagine you're an actor um, in Hollywood, <laughs> right? And you show up um, first day for the movie that you've been casted in and you get handed the script but um there's no director do you think that you're able to make the best movie possible probably not right because mm-hmm. the director's not there to you know so you know how it all not. works absolutely not right so um when i say divine union what this means is life 
um, the way that we experience it in our human bodies, right? We have these eyes that allow us to see outwards. Either way, our our physical experience is it's mainly you know an outward projection. So what we're looking at is like a screen, basically. You know, you see me right now through your lens, and vice versa. Um, behind all of this, there's a film room, right, with the two wheels and the little light shining, and all Kriya Yoga means is going into the film room to hold the hand of the director. That way, you can still be in the movie. You can still enjoy the movie, right? This thing we call life, our jobs and our little careers and the things that we do in our dating and blah, blah, blah. But at least you're holding the hand of the creator. Some call it God, whatever you want to call it. Again, this isn't a religious thing, but it's about walking through life but holding the hand of the director so at least you know what the hell to do you have like a base yeah right like an understanding an ability to see things as they are if you don't do this you'll sit in your little cinema all day long thinking that what you're watching on your screen is the real thing this is why wars exist this is why racism exists this is why um basically all human corruption it exists because we have these lenses that we mistake for the real thing and so now you're caught up in your own cinematic drama and another person has their own cinematic drama. And if you put them two in the same room, you, it's a dramatic We experience situation. different realities. Exactly. Right? So this Ishakriya meditation that I do, it's basically a meditation where for about 12 to 14 minutes. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say an hour. 12 to 14, that's perfect. Oh, it's, it's, that's great. this is all you need to do. You got to do it over an extended period of time. That's but fine. this is how you create separation. It's about, um, it's basically me just sitting and on the inhalation thinking, I am not this body. On the exhalation thinking, I am not even this mind. It's so the Ishakriya meditation that I do, it's on what's called the Sad Guru app. And um, they say you do it for twice a day for 48 days or once a day for 90 days, which is considered a full mandala, which is also known as like a full cycle. I have been doing it now for, I don't know, probably like 70 days or so. and Twice a day or once a day? Twice a day. And um, if I don't get around to the second time, I'll just, I just try to do it daily. Like I don't really care about trying to hit the amount of days. I'm no just pressure. doing it because like it feels really good. I've reached this place of equanimity where, again, I'm not projecting. I'm seeing things as they are. So just by doing this one thing. Um, everything has changed for me. Like, and when I say everything, I mean everything. You know, like, when you, when you said you walked in and I'm just sitting there and I'm watching you and Natalie and just listening to you guys, I'm literally experiencing you as a child would. You're just like this adult who's walking around with <laughs> your blonde hair and your <laughs> loose-fitted pants and you've got this bright personality and this big smile and I'm watching like the joy of the exchange between you and Natalie Mm -hmm. and there's no projecting there's no oh let me try and figure out what I think of this girl Mm -hmm. before I talk to her there's no uh what she like there's no yeah there's there's no scanning for anything I'm literally like a baby and absorbing for the first time something like that and so every day that's what it is for me now now My life is lived in awe. So 
it's tough to answer your question, but basically on a day-to-day basis when I wake up, I feel like a newborn and everything is suddenly an amazing possibility all over again. Because this morning when I woke up, I had no idea that our conversation would be what it is right now. Mm -hmm. I literally had no clue. I just allowed it to be rather than projecting and trying to like plan how my day is going to go and fit it all into my intellect when it's much bigger than me in in the first place. Now it's just like, man, I go for a walk after I meditate with Natalie. You know, we go on a walk and just like talk. How are you feeling? Where where are you feeling? Are you feeling what emotions are you feeling? Where in your body do you feel them? Are you amazing? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you bothered by something? What's going on? Walk around a neighborhood, touch the flowers, touch my plant, talk it's to like my plant. It's like you're experiencing everything as though it's the first time. And that I think that even just that perspective allows senses to be heightened. Like touch is more significant. Smell is more significant. I, I literally, when you were saying these things, I was like, I need to get here so that I can just make a cup of coffee. Like, I just want to smell a cup of yes. coffee. I don't really drink a ton of caffeine, but I, you know what I mean? Like yes. the simple joys. Um, and it just... I love that. Thank you for being here. Where can people find you? Where can people find your music? Yeah. So um, the first place, I guess, would be my website, Tariq.live. Um, basically, everything is there. And my name is spelled T-A-R-I-K. I said Tarek in the beginning, and I kind of wanted to jump off a bridge, and I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. It's just a name. <laughs> um Instagram, Tariq Trotter, Twitter, Tariq Trotter, basically Tariq Trotter everywhere. Great. If it's on Spotify for music or Apple Music, it's just Tariq. But uh, again, if you go to Tariq.live, I have links to everything right there. Cool. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you on again. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. If you want to check out part one, just remember you know where to find it anywhere you can find podcasts. Rate us five stars on iTunes, leave us a review, share this episode with your friend, and make sure to check out the show notes for a detailed outline of all of the things that we talked about throughout both of these episodes. Again, if you also want to work with me with nutrition, wellness, always make sure you book on the website, elizagwellness.com, and we will talk to you next week.